Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Fearless Generations with Terry Sayer and Kelly Fox. Hello, hello, and welcome to Fearless Generations, 12 Steps to Freedom. I am Kelly Fox. And I am super excited. We are on the introduction night of Step 8, Possibilities. And I love the month of possibilities because things always seem to happen because that's where our focus is. So I'm excited to get this month going. And to start off our night, I will introduce my beautiful co-host. How are you doing tonight, Terry? I am doing wonderful. I also love the concept of possibilities and just being open to whatever comes my way. Yes, yes, and more yes. Keep it coming. So we're excited to have on our guest coach tonight. This is the first time she's been on the show with us. So please welcome Alice Shakina. Welcome. Hello. Hi, glad to be here. We are happy to have you here, too. And we're excited to get this conversation going. But before we do that, please share with our audience what is it that you get to do and who is it that you get to serve? So I am a divorce mediator as well as a negotiation coach. And so I truly love empowering women to reach their highest potential by asking for whatever it is that they want and deserve and also for them to be able to do it with ease and confidence. I love that. And possibilities are all about asking for what you want. So perfect night for you to be here with us. Thanks. Yeah. So, um, Alice, what do you think of when you think of possibilities? How do you help your your clients to see to see the possibilities and to ask for them or to move towards them? So it's funny. So I I teach a group coaching class that lasts a couple of months, and the homework that's ongoing in these classes every single week is go look for a place that you can negotiate, right? Something, and I tell them. Like, I don't care if you go and negotiate an extra shot of espresso put into your coffee when you go to the coffee shop, right? Like anything Mm -hmm. small from the smallest thing to the largest thing. So it's not about like, oh, let me go find a contract to negotiate. No, it's about going and just asking for it. And people notice that when they're doing it, it makes their uncomfortable, it's a little, you know, they're not used to it, they're feeling a little bit nervous, even if it's something as small as an extra shot of espresso, but they do it, and then they get something, right, like there is a shift, and then they realize, oh, my mm-hmm. goodness, like, I got something from negotiating, and so it's from these, like, small interactions that they start to realize, like, oh, there's a lot I could be getting in life, except that I just haven't been looking for them, particularly because we as women are trained to, you know, go with the flow, accept what's given to you, you know, take it easy, get along with people, you know what I mean? And so 
when things yeah. are offered to you, frequently we're always like, okay, no problem, that's fine, because that's how we're trained. And so I'm trying to undo that training, and I'm trying to teach people to see the possibilities that lie all around them that they should be going out and grabbing, and they just need to have the confidence. And so I really give them that confidence um, with the tools that I teach as well as shifting their perspective so that they can start to see those possibilities much more easily and with more frequency. Love that. Love that. Love that. Yes. I think I definitely resonate with the whole go with low, be easygoing, um, the peacemaker, all that kind of stuff. Um, I definitely take that role on and it can be a challenge sometimes to say, no, I really want this to happen, especially when people are used to you being okay with whatever. <laughs> so I I love that this is what you teach. Yeah, I, just, I feel like, uh, you know, it's a training that's a lifetime training that people are getting that messaging, right, of like just, just accept it, be grateful, or, you know, even even like getting your first job offer. I always ask the women, how many of you accepted your first job offer without negotiating? And like 99.9% of women raised their hands. We all are like, yeah, thank goodness somebody offered us a job. We'll take it, right? Instead of thinking like, you know what, this is probably their lowball offer because they, as HR professionals, um, know how to negotiate, and they're going to leave room for them to negotiate. And so the first offer has always, like, the lowest because they have another, you know, certain amount of numbers that you can go up because they're leaving that there in case you come back and try to negotiate. But so frequently women don't do that, so they're leaving money on the table. Yeah. Terry, what's going through your head right now? Yeah, I think uh, it's an interesting concept, <clears throat> the word negotiate. Anytime we step out of our comfort zone and take a risk, we are maybe navigating a new um, environment. And within that new environment, uh, there may be opportunities for negotiation if we're clear on what it is we want. So I think it's really, I'm thinking, you know, just thinking out loud, that being having clarity about what you want uh, and taking that step risk to ask for it and then to I think even asking negotiating is beyond just asking um, asking listening negotiating uh, there has to be a, a, a certain level of clarity about what you want and I think a lot of people uh, don't know what they want. And so there's um, that, that opportunity, that ap- opportunity to become clear about what you do want in order to have that courage to step out and ask to start with and then to negotiate. So I see, I see that process in multi, multi-levels there. Yes, absolutely. You're totally right. Um, one of the things that I, I try to tell people is like, to really to change their perspective so that negotiation isn't necessarily just about these big things, but any single time that you are having a conversation with someone else and you're trying to get on the same page, 
that is considered a negotiation, right? So if I ask mm-hmm. you all, hey, like, what do you want to have for dinner? Or, like, what restaurant do you want to go to? That's a negotiation. It's a short one. It's an easy one. But it is a negotiation, right? You might say, well, let's go have Chinese. And I might be like, ah, I'm not too much in the mood for Chinese. Like, what about Mexican? And you might be like, oh, well, we just had some yesterday, right? And so the, going back and forth to try to get on the same page is a negotiation. But you're absolutely correct in that people need to know what it is that they want. And so in that, people really, the, the more complex the negotiation is, the more you need to prepare, right? So in just now the restaurant uh, negotiation, there's very little preparation. But when it gets to be a little bit more difficult, you want to make sure that you're prepared, you know what it is that you want. But beyond that, you should also know what the other side wants. What are they mm-hmm. asking for? Um, in divorce mediations, I see all too often people are so hyper-focused on what they want, whether it's like I want this type of, you know, schedule with the kids, that they never think about what is it that the other side wants, what can mm-hmm. you give up to the other side so that you can get what you want. And so frequently in the mediations that I do, I ask each side, what can you give up? What can you give up? Think about what does the other person want? What can you offer them to get the thing that you want, right? Because the more people think like that, the higher the chances of them being able to succeed at the negotiation. So tell me, uh, in your in your instruction and helping people develop these strategies, where does uh, I where does the compromise compromise means in that situation? Because I think compromise has multiple meanings. So when you're negotiating and you're you're actually clear on what you want and you're willing to listen to what the other person wants, then where where does the uh, is it compromise or is it something else where you meet in the middle? I don't like the word compromise, and I don't necessarily believe that everyone needs to compromise to get to a place of agreement. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like different people value different things. And so even as co-parents, they might have, you know, things that are more important. And so as long as you can think about what's important to the other side, then you don't necessarily have to compromise. You just have to bargain, right? You say, look, I'll give you this because I know that's important to you. And this other thing is more important to me. Can I have that? Right? So then, Mm-hmm. Really what I try to do is I tr- the possibilities are endless of a win-win. And so I feel like thinking of things as a compromise is short-sighted because there's so many possibilities that you can actually think really hard and come up with a win-win almost every time. That's yeah, I love that. I, I just uh... – I because I'm just one I'm wondering because I've never been in a situation to mediate two people that you know want want to get to, that are in the situation where they're having to negotiate. Um, that I mean that that takes a lot of courage and a lot of understanding, a lot of willingness, a lot of foresight to be able to come out of something like that with a win-win. So, what are some of the strategies that you use with with couples going through a divorce that allows them to have that degree of willingness to uh, bargain? 
So I do a lot of, like, my mediation is intertwined very, very closely with the science of what's happening in someone's brain, right? So Mm -hmm. I talk a lot about the amygdala and the fight Mm -hmm. and flight syndrome and what that does to your brain. It basically shuts down your executive functioning side, your logic and reasoning. It all starts to close down. And so when I am in a mediation, my goal is to make sure that everyone remains calm and collected and able to bargain because the minute you start getting upset, angry, stressed out, your brain capacity starts to diminish, like literally scientifically diminish. And so, for example, when I have a couple, it happened today, where they seem to be at an impasse, one of the tools that I use is I bring them into separate rooms because when you're at an impasse, the stress starts mounting internally, right? You're noticing, oh, my gosh, we're not getting anywhere. And so you start stressing and you start spinning out in your mind. And so even though you might act like you're calm and look like you're calm, I know exactly what's happening in everyone's brain. They're starting to stress out because they're feeling like no one is giving. You're not giving. They're not giving. Now we're stuck and we're not able to get anywhere. And everyone starts stressing. And so I bring people into separate rooms. And what I do is I kind of get them to talk themselves down by expressing everything that's spinning around in their heads, right? So then they will Mm -hmm. just bounce their ideas off of me, explain to me what's happening to them internally, explain to me, like, what their thoughts are and why they're stuck where they are. And, And I also ask them, what is it that you could be willing to give up? What are you willing to, you know, negotiate to get what you want? Where are, you know, I do a bit of coaching on the negotiation strategies, like how far are you willing to give and that sort of thing. And I do that to both sides. And what that usually does is it changes the way they think in a way that they could not have done sitting in the same room with the other person because their amygdala is too triggered at the moment. Like they're not able to do that. Mm -hmm. And so really what I want to do is I want to free up their mental capacity so that they can start to see more possibilities. Um, And so that's one of the big strategies that I use, which is bringing people in separate rooms and say, talk to me, talk to me. Let's, let's talk you off the ledge. Let's open up the possibilities. You know, let's free, let's like get creative. What can you do creatively so that you can get what you want? And so then ultimately when they go back, they're either able to come up with the creative solution either together in the same room or they may feel more comfortable coming up with those creative solutions in separate rooms, having me go back in and relay the message back and forth until they feel ready to come back together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's uh, that's a lot of the technique we use in fearless living as well, because in the amygdala is where all fear and all memories of fear reside. So trying to get them back into their limbic or or, uh, cerebral cortex so that they can think. And just yeah. just helping people understand the physiology of their brain. Uh, I used to teach kindergarten, and I actually taught that to my kindergartners, that, uh, you know, when they were angry, they weren't able to speak because there's no language in that, you know, in yeah. that part of your brain. And uh, so shift up to your thinking brain, I called it, you know, and the, or your feeling yeah. brain. Get out of that. Get out of that. I called it the dinosaur brain. Get out of your dinosaur brain. And you know what? They could understand that even at five and six years old, that uh, that they could uh, get out of that that space where um, there is no there is no negotiation, there is no uh, comp- you know whatever bargaining, whatever you want to call it. 
that that's that's a place of fear and a place of just you know flight fight or fright right exactly mm-hmm. yeah. i use the analogy of a seesaw so one side of the seesaw is where your emotions lie and the other side of the seesaw is where your thinking side lies and neither side can be up together you can't have two sides right. of the seesaw be up right at the at the best they're equal but not up so what i try right. to do is i try to keep the emotional side of the seesaw down by keeping the logic side up and so sometimes let's say that a couple need to talk about something that's highly, highly triggering that they've been fighting about, that they no longer can talk about on their own. And so the way I keep their emotional side down is I will let the parties know, by the way, during certain times, I am going to ask you if you are comprehending or what it is that you've comprehended that the other person is saying. So please make sure that you listen. And so Mm -hmm. just randomly I will say, you know, Terry, what did you hear Kelly say? And then you're going to have to repeat it back. And so by doing that, I know physiologically having their brain function so that the amygdala remains down. And so mm-hmm. when they repeat it back, then the other person can say, yes, you did understand me correctly. Or they might say, no, you missed a couple things or you didn't really understand me. Let me say it again. And so by engaging in that executive functioning part of their brain, it keeps them from getting, like, spinning out of control emotionally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. So that's sort of how I, I allow people to explore the possibilities because you can't explore the possibilities when your amygdala is triggered. <laughs> no, you nope, cannot. You yeah. I love that we have similarities in what we do, and, of course, I knew that already. That's, you know, why we had you on the show. But I love that there's um, this whole other um, side to negotiating, and it's almost like negotiating because we talk about not fighting with your fear because fear always wins. So negotiating with your fear um, could be an interesting concept to look at uh, because it's not going away and uh, and yet you still want to get what you want. So your fear wants you safe. You want to achieve what you want to achieve. So how can you negotiate your way through it? Right. Well, one of the things that I, like, was talking about just earlier today with someone, you know, sometimes people are afraid to – negotiate, let's say, a salary with a new job because they feel like, well, what if I ask for more than what they're offering? Like they might just pack up their bags and go home. And so on the one hand, you can say, okay, well, that person might need some mindset coaching that they do, in fact, deserve more money or what have you. That may be true. But I sort of shortcut that by giving you strategies. And one of the things that I tell people when they're negotiating is I say, look, You are up against a master negotiator when you're negotiating with an HR person or whoever's offering you a job, right? Strategically, Mm -hmm. that person is going to give you their lowball offer because they want a saved room for negotiation. So if you accept, you are simply going to look like an amateur negotiator. So if you want to look like a professional negotiator, an advanced negotiator, 
then you need to pick the, the, the number where you feel like you should be, and you need to counter with a number that makes that number that you want the middle. So if you get offered a job at 150 and you want to get 165, you should not counter at 165. You should counter at 180. So when you counter at 180, the people are like, what? But they might walk away. Or they might say that's ridiculous. And usually what I say is, no, what they're going to think is, oh, Kelly knows how to negotiate. That's what she's doing. She's negotiating. And then they will counter with something. And if you try to keep your number in the middle, they will get that message. They will understand where you're trying to land. And so they can go as quickly or as slowly as they want to that middle number, depending on whether they want to, you know, give you that number or not. But um, I recently coached someone on that same strategy. She only has to counter one time because they came all the way up to her middle number. And so they circumvent. They knew exactly what, her, what she wanted, so they countered again. You know, the, the, they made an offer. She made a very high counter, and then they gave her the exact number that she was looking for. And so you really awesome. want to look like you know what you're doing. Yeah, so it's not necessarily just about mindset. Sometimes all a person needs is to understand the strategy and what you are communicating when you're making counter offers. And once you understand that, then I think it's a lot easier. I think what scares people is they don't understand the game of negotiation and the strategies that go with it. And so it's kind of like playing chess if you don't know the rules, right? It's going to feel scary mm-hmm. if someone sits you in front, of the, in front of a chess master and you have no idea what the rules are. Of course it's scary. And you might say, my goodness, it's really scary. And it's not really the most accurate thing to say, well, you know, you just need a mindset change and this, that, and the other. Sometimes all they need to do is understand how to play the game. If you give them the mm-hmm. rules of engagement, then people got a lot more, you know, confidence. And then they're like, oh, is that what it means when I counter at this higher number? Oh, we can counter back and forth multiple times. And so, yeah, so I think if you give people the rules of engagement, they actually can go into the game with a lot more confidence. Yeah, I love that. We are all about giving our um, listeners and uh, those who work with us tools and strategies. And, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to be, uh, to be aware of what's going on around you and what you want to change. But if you don't know how to change it, then what are you going to do, right? So we're definitely... Yep. We definitely love giving out our tools and our strategies to support people in getting through um, their fear and achieving those things that they want to achieve. Absolutely. And, you know, everything is negotiable. Absolutely everything. You can negotiate your student debt loans. You can negotiate credit card debt. You can negotiate things at the store. Absolutely everything is negotiable. My brother uh, took a class with me, then went to the grocery store and purchased a thing of yogurt. I think it was spoiled, and he realized it before he left. So he came back to the cashier and said, oh, by the way, this yogurt is spoiled. And they said, oh, no worries. We'll just replace it. And he thought to himself, oh, my homework is I have to negotiate something. So he said, since this happened, do you mind giving me two yogurts? 
for this incident, and I had to come back into the store, and they said, oh, no worries. We're happy to give you two. You can negotiate mm-hmm. absolutely everything. All you have to do is yeah. ask. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, we are almost out of time, Alice. I thank you so much for being here and all of the value that you've given to us and our listeners. Um, and I would love for our listeners to be able to know where they can find you and if you have anything going on that they can participate in. Sure. My website is shakinamediation.com. So Shakina is spelled S-H-I-K-I-N-A, mediation.com. And I run a small group coaching program. Um, It's eight weeks long. I would love for listeners to come and sign up. I guarantee that they will love it and they will get so much out of it and they will start to get a lot of value out of their own lives. Um, beyond more than they ever could have imagined. And so every single month I start a program. So every month there's a new cohort. And so they're welcome to join. We meet eight weeks and we meet for an hour and a half every week. So they can check it out under my negotiation page. Awesome. Would you be willing to also go into the Facebook group and put that link in there so that they can have easy access, one touch, you know, to get Sure. Yeah, awesome. happy to do that. We would love that. Love that. Any last thoughts, any last things that you want to share, Alice? Um, you know, if people need, like, one-offs where they're like, I am having this big conversation, I'm having, you know, something that I'm afraid to have a conversation about, I always, like, coach people. So you don't even have to sign up for a coaching program. You can just, you know, hire me by the hour just to do uh, one-on-one coaching for a very, very specific conversation that you're about to have. And I guarantee you, you'll be much more prepared if you at least prep a little bit um, prior mm-hmm. to going into whatever the big negotiation is. It will help tremendously. Awesome. Love that. Terry, last thoughts? Oh, I just think this has been fascinating to, um, you know, just kind of look at, principles that we we study around possibilities and look at it in a in a context of negotiating for what you want um, as a way of of accessing possibilities so I think it's a totally unique and different way uh, to to talk about this and I've really enjoyed the conversation and uh, I I'm a lifelong learner I love when I can learn something new so it was very um very gratifying. I enjoyed the conversation immensely. So thank you, Alice. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation as well. I'm very passionate about this, as you can tell. So thanks so much for having me. Yeah, mm-hmm. we are so glad that you were able to come tonight and that you were able to share all of this with our listeners. I think that, um, you know, it, it's a definite difference from what we normally have on. I don't know if we've ever had a negotiation coach on before. And so I feel like it's really been a valuable and unique um, episode for our listeners as well as ourselves, because we get so much out of our, of, of the program as uh, our listeners do. I feel. Oh, awesome. Well, that's wonderful. I'm I'm happy to share tips all the time. <laughs> Great. 
Well, thank you so much. We want to remind everyone that the 12 Steps to Freedom were created by Rhonda Britton, the CEO and founder of the Fearless Living Institute. And if you would like to learn more about Fearless Living, please go to fearlessliving.org. And there's all kinds of good things there for you to access. Also, if you want to get a hold of Terry and I, please go to fearlessgenerations.org. And you can see everything there as well as episodes, um, past episodes for the last eight seasons are available, information on our guest coaches, um, and all of our workshops and programs that we have going on. So make sure you go over there and you check it out. Um, and we are always available to you on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. So if you follow us on one of those um, social media, please reach out and give us a message so that we can interact with you even more. We love being able to do this podcast and bring you all of these amazing guest coaches. Tonight was no exception. We're super excited to be able to do this podcast and share with you the 12 Steps to Freedom. So remember, this month is possibilities, all about possibilities, saying yes to yourself and yes to your dreams and all those things that you want for your life and getting clear on what those desires are and asking for them. So I thank you, ladies, for being here with me tonight. Until next week, everybody, be fearless. Be fearless. Good night. Good night.